Welcome to the GeoMob Podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, whether for fun or profit. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the GeoMob Podcast. Very excited about today's episode. My guest today is Brandon Liu, who is the creator of something called ProtoMaps. Um, and Brandon's here to tell us all about that. Uh, we're going to get into the details of, uh, we're going to very briefly discuss the technology of what ProtoMaps is, but then also get into the, the business side of things a bit and the, the implications of, of this new technology. So, Brandon, welcome to the show. Great to have you here. Hey, Ed, thanks for having me. Um, just to introduce myself, I'm Brandon. Um, I am, I think I call myself like a cartographic technologist, I'm interested in sort of mapping software. Um, and I'm a huge fan of OpenStreetMap and Open Data. Fantastic! And you you'll soon be uh, you you live in Asia, is that correct? But you're coming to the next London GeoMob on April 18th. Right. So I live in Taipei, Taiwan, um, but I am going to be visiting Europe for a couple of weeks in April of 2023. Excellent, excellent. Well, wonderful to um, to that we'll be able to meet then. And this episode will be coming out before that then, so people can give it a listen and be ready to, to hit you up with some questions at the at GeoMob London. So, um, so let's dive right in. What is, what is ProtoMaps, Brenna? What, uh, how do you describe what, you, what it is you're doing? Right. So ProtoMaps is a set of tools for both creating and also deploying web maps. Um, you can kind of think about it as like, an open source version of Google Maps in that it is something, it is like the thing that you look at. And that is very full stack. That is inclusive of the geodata of, you know, the roads, uh, the buildings, the points, the polygons, as well as sort of like the front end rendering and also the way to like put it onto the cloud. So you can put your own data on the cloud. You can use it for your company or your own hobby project. If you don't mind, maybe let's go a bit deeper on that, because this is something that I see people get confused about all the time. I mean, very, very often I'm asked, you know, even, even by, by technical people, but maybe who aren't deeply into, into the GOC and, you know, they'll be like, oh, how do I, how do I pay OpenStreetMaps to get them out? Or how do I, uh, you know, or th there's a lot of confusion about the data, the, the, the technologies used to render that data, to serve the data, tools like where you know where do things like Leaflet or, or MapLibre, how does that fit into the chain? So maybe take us quickly through that stack and then explain you know where ProtoMaps sits in all this. Right. So ProtoMaps is focused on web maps and especially uh, these maps that are built with tiles. Um, and usually the reason you use tiles is for an interactive experience on the web. Um, these are pretty often called like slippy maps. And if right. you've used a library like Leaflet or uh, something like Mapbox GL or MapLibre GL or Open Layers, um, anything where you can zoom the map, you know, from any place in the world, uh, you can pan the map. Um, those kinds of interactive experiences, um, especially ones that are global in scale, are the use cases that most fit ProtoMaps. So... So I get data from OpenStreetMap, and then I can pump that into ProtoMaps somehow, and then I, I can stick that on my web page. Is that, is that how it works? Or? So you can kind of think about ProtoMaps as a front end or a layer between OpenStreetMap 
and like a developer or a company. Um, but that is not like more data. It is just the tool to both transform OpenStreetMap into like a, um, a ready format and also to render OpenStreetMap into like a browser. Um, so if you think about like the mechanics of that, it is like um, you take OSM, you turn it into tiles, and then you serve that through some sort of like web serving system to like a JavaScript client. Okay, and this is a new technology, right? That that you've developed or you've you've chained together pieces of different technology. So. One thing I want to emphasize is that it is new in the sense that I believe it is a lot like it's a lot simpler than existing ways that uh, it's a lot simpler to do this than existing ways to solve this problem. Um, you know, there has been um, sort of a workflow for doing a similar task to do something like take OSM, pump it into like a Postgres database and then run like an Apache plugin to render tiles out of the Apache um, or like the Postgres database. But the kind of unique part of ProtoMaps is it simplifies that entire stack to as few steps as possible and, and does it in a way that is almost like a static file. Um, it's almost like if you had a, um, like a video file, like you, um, can just move video files around the web. You can upload them to Google Drive or whatever. It tries to make those Slippy Maps into a kind of like single file transferable artifact. Right. We should we should mention to listeners that uh, you were recently a guest on uh, the excellent Mapscaping podcast, um, where where you and Daniel, the the host of Mapscaping, went very deep on kind of these technical details into the exactly what this PM tiles format is. Um, and so we're not going to go much deeper on that. Anyone, anyone who wants to go deep can, can listen to that episode where I think you covered it in, in good detail and, um, and we'll link that in the show notes. So um, I'm more interested in, I, I can tell you the, the reason, the reason I, I, I became aware of, of proto maps is the, the recent article by a developer at the the Washington Post, I think it was, who talked about how they're switching, they're changing to starting to use proto maps, um, and and he went into some technical detail, but the piece that was quite interesting also is that it's radically cheaper than I believe current prior to that they were using Mapbox, um, so why is it? How can it be so much cheaper? Maybe explain explain the model. But also, this is a so you've built this technology stack, and now you off, you offer support around it, or or how do why he's it's a business that people pay you to run the stack for them, or you know, to shed some light here on on all the different pieces. Okay, um, I'll start kind of at the beginning um, where you mentioned. Um, how I think the post is using parts of ProtoMaps to serve some um, interactives on their website. Um, and I think the overall sort of like foundational point um, is this idea that um, in the past or like in, um, in most cases, people use like a software as a service or a SaaS to um, be like a vendor for their maps. Um, so that right. could be um, a company like 
Google Maps, which is probably like the biggest by far. Um, you know, there's another great company called Mapbox, which I think is really popular among the sort of GIS crowd and also a lot of consumer websites. Um, but the fundamental difference between ProtoMaps and a lot of those is that um, the way I am developing it and the way it's built is sort of like, it is essentially self-hosted, although I think in some senses the word like self-hosted is kind of like, is a little bit of a tricky term. Um, but fundamentally, it is an like an alternative to existing like vendors or APIs that you can have more control over. Um, it is more demanding of you as a um, as an organization, as a developer, to you know figure out how to use and deploy protomaps, and I can help with that. Um, but because it is um, something that is under your control. Um, it can result in lower costs. That is, I think, one valid reason to use ProtoMaps. I, and I think, um, ultimately, I think um, it can reach an audience of use cases that is underserved by existing map technology. Um, one use case being like journalism. Um, you know, journalism, uh, maybe not the Washington Post, but even like kind of smaller scale interactive journalism, newspapers, even like nonprofits, um, environmental kind of like projects or hobby projects. I think a lot of those um, organizations are underserved by existing map technology, existing business models. And for me, ProtoMaps is a way to um, enable a lot of powerful map making for those people. When you say it's self-hosted, if I understand it correctly, the way it works is I, I, I buy this file from you or I get, I get this file and then I host it myself on Amazon or Cloudflare or something on, on my account. Is that correct? Exactly. So, yes. so I still, I still have to pay for the hosting of course. Um, but, but I'm not paying you or, or anyone an ongoing monthly fee for the usage of like, you know, if I have, if millions of users look at my file, I just pay my bandwidth fee to, to wherever I'm hosting it. I'm not, I'm not paying ProtoMaps anymore. Is that correct? That is more or less the model. And I think you've hit like all the, like all those direct points. Um, I do offer a sort of traditional SaaS, which is, you know, maybe you, um, you actually have like a non-commercial project. You just want a map API for, and you want to use me, you want to like support my projects. Um, you can use it for free. If you are non-commercial, I have it hosted API. Um, if you're a commercial user, you can actually pay me through GitHub sponsors um, for like a commercial tier. Um, but yeah, exactly um, what you mentioned about you're still paying for the hosting, but it is just like it, it is transforming the specific cost of map data into just like bandwidth. So um, if you are buying bandwidth from like Amazon Web Services, it is like a couple cents per gigabyte. Um, so right. that is kind of like why it is so much cheaper than if you are buying uh, a kind of metered usage API from a map vendor. But I, I guess, so if I get the, I, I, I get this file from you and then I'm serving it, right, the file's not getting updated, right? So it seems like it would be a good match for cases where I don't need real-time data, right? Or I don't need, you know, you know, maybe I, I just need kind of a, a course view, like I just need cities and, and states and things like that. I don't need, you know, the newest houses the minute they come online or things like that. 
Is that, is that a correct understanding? It's sort of a snapshot-based model. Um, you can download from okay. me a um, kind of a, a snapshot of OSM that's frozen in time. And um, at this point, I'm addressing that use case because it is good enough for a lot of applications. Um, they do not really desire, you know, up-to-the-date uh, data from OSM. It's also really good if you have your own data, if you have um, open government data, if you have your own proprietary data and you want to host it using ProtoMaps tools, then I give you the tools to accomplish that really easily. And I can style the map in whatever way I want or or you kind of provide a default style and, and that's the style I use or how, how does that work? How does the visual layer work? Um, so I strive for integration with the most popular map front ends. Um, there is three big ones. Uh, there is Leaflet, there is MapLibreGL, and there is Open Layers. Um, right. And the goal is to provide a default style for the base map, which is sort of the background layer to a lot of map applications. But you can also customize that all you want. Um, the, the styles are open source. Uh, if you have your own visualization layer for your own data, then you can kind of visualize that in any way you like. Okay, so so putting it all together, who 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 is this a good tool for? Who who should be using ProtoMaps right now? I mean, you mentioned journalists, nonprofits. I mean, I, I guess it's people who who want a kind of base map. They don't need you know continual live data updates. Um, and, and they're very cost conscious. Would that be a fair kind of assessment or? Um... I think like that's pretty fair. Um, one point I would kind of want to elaborate on is I think cost conscious or like the cost reasons to use ProtoMaps are very compelling, but that is not really the long-term point. That is a consequence of the sort of developed model. Um, like most parts are just totally open source. And because of that, you can deploy it yourself quite easily. I think ultimately what the project is about is flexibility and being able to enable new kinds of map visualizations, uh, new kinds of cartographic styling. Um, one example I give is if you are an outdoors company and you are not well served by like Google Maps, you know, you want to be able to see trails when you're zoomed out on the map instead of when you have to zoom in all the way. Um, now, because most uh, map APIs, they, you know, they have one data set that is a one size fits all solution. Maybe you can like change the colors a little bit using like an API, but the fundamentally that like the data layer is shared across all the, like all the customers of that API. And it is a black box. Like you cannot say, I want to do something different with the cartography. Um, so I think what ProtoMaps is about is um, the sort of um, technology bits, PM tiles, self-hosting is sort of like a Trojan horse for enabling a lot more cartographic use cases. Okay, well, that, that's interesting. I mean, I know there are players that try to try to bring to the fore the, the, the ability to, to style it in different ways or for different, uh, I mean, this has always been the dream, of course, of OpenStreetMap since the very beginning, right? That you can, all the data is there and you can pull out the data that's relevant for your use case. Um, and, uh, you know, there are people that do that. Like I'm thinking of, of Thunder Forest with like uh, OpenCycleMap and, and uh, some of his maps, but, 
But it is true that then basically you're just kind of, you know, you can go find these people who have beautiful maps and say, okay, I'll, I'll purchase that map. And then you're kind of paying on, a, on the SaaS model, right? It's not that you actually control the map in, to a degree. Um, which I guess is which I guess is the vision of kind of what you have going on here. Um, so I think we should also like so, make some clarification. Um, go back to the idea of like what is proto maps versus what is OpenStreetMap, because I think to maybe some of the audience they might sound like what you're talking about isn't that just OSM like isn't OSM just like an open source map of the world, um, and I think like it's worth diving a little bit into that distinction. Okay, well, please, please clarify. Right. So the way I think about it is OpenStreetMap is a little bit of a misnamed project. Obviously, it's an awesome and, you know, like world-shaking project, but it is fundamentally not a map in the sense that, like, what people say maps are. It is a data set. You can go to osm.org. You can download a XML file, basically, that is, like, 70 gigabytes, and that is OpenStreetMap. Um, I think where it gets a little bit confusing is if you go to osm.org on the homepage, they have um, tiles that are rendered, like these like raster tiles to show what is an OSM. And I think there's a lot of confusion between OSM, the actual data set, and OSM that happens to have these tiles. Um, that, that, there's a, an immense amount of confusion about this, yes. I mean, the, the, the OpenStreetMap is fundamentally a database, right? And it's, it's not a, a map. And anyone can take that database and make the map out of it, and um, yes, this leads to a lot of a lot of misunderstandings. So, right, um, and I think there was something that that came up in a different episode about um, so proto maps is and is focused on vector tiles and vector based maps, and I think like a valid question is isn't OSM going to add vector tiles? Like, how is that just the same thing as what you're working on, um, and um, the use cases are a little bit different. Um, the purpose for the tiles on osm.org, and I'm like, I'm kind of like inferring this from um, kind of like the OSM mission. Like, so I don't really know who's in charge of deciding this, but my understanding is that the tiles you see on osm.org are for the purpose of mapping. Um, they are sort of like as visual feedback that what you put into the map um, shows up. And um, to that end, it is very important that the map is updated very, very frequently. So if you change something in OSM, the tiles should reflect that within like 10 minutes or less. Um, so that is sort Ideally, of like a, yes. hard, uh, a hard requirement of any tile solution on OSM. And the kind of like back end to make that work is much more complicated than what you can do with protomaps. Since protomaps is focused on sort of delivering a solution to developers and companies um, that does not have that requirement. It's, like, it's a snapshot and not a live updating version of OSM. And uh, protomaps also um, intends to sort of bridge the gap to solving a developer or a company's specific problems, offering a customized solution to transform OSM data into a solution they can use. And I don't think that is generally in the scope of like the OSM open source project. Um, you know, they have um, a lot of things on their hands. You know, they're maintaining a database that has millions of edits. Um, and um, they generally like the sort of 
solution part of a product on top of OSM is generally not really within the scope of like the OSM project. Yes, I, 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 I totally get what you're saying. I agree. Um, and but we should also mention, uh, as I, as you said earlier, ProtoMaps is also not specific to OSM, right? I could use other data. I could bring my own data for you know if I, my organization has data, or or potentially, I guess in the future, Overture uh, Maps once that data becomes available. Um, right. Is, is that correct? Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Um, and, and like, so I'm also glad you mentioned Overture because I think for me, um, so ProtoMaps as a sort of business. Um, I want to focus on delivering like the best map product based on open data. Um, hopefully in the future that will include things like Overture. Um, I don't know a lot about the project right now, but based on what I've read about it, I think it's super exciting as a, as a sort of complementary project to OpenStreetMap. Um, so I think when and if they release data this year, um, I'm looking forward to how that can also become part of ProtoMaps. Yes, I think when and if is the key point there. <laughs> you know, the uh, overture was announced, I guess, three months ago now, and so far it's still just kind of a web page with that announcement. But we shall see. Time will tell. Time will tell. Um, okay. Um, and we should. So the the Proto Maps technology is, is fully open source. I mean, are, is it you just you working on it? Or are there are there other people contributing? Is this a project you you're looking for other people to get involved, or how how, how does that play out? I think the way I like to frame it is that it is an indie business. Um, right now, I am the only like kind of developer working basically full time on it. Um, I've been working on it for a couple of years. Um, but kind of the story behind it is I've been working with OSM since 2012, um, and ProtoMaps is for me kind of the culmination of more than 10 years of sort of solving the same problem for clients over and over again. Um, but in those contexts, like I was always like, I wish this thing existed, but you know, no client is going to be like, let's spend two years building the fundamental technology. That's just not worth it. They're just going to use like what works already. Um, right. So it is sort of an indie project that um, is for now a solo project, but it is also um, it is also a business. It is officially like a Delaware company. Um, it is something that you can pay me for, um, I, and I have a couple of options to have a commercial relationship with companies that want to use it. Um, and, but, you know, like I don't, it's not something that is kind of done and set in stone. I'm still working out the details about um, the right way to both be able to publish sort of like an open source project and also be able to make a living from it. And I think that is like kind of the fundamental tension in a lot of open source geo projects. <laughs> yes, I mean, I just, you know, in, in my own business where we we rely heavily on open data, specifically OpenStreetMap, it, it's an it's a continual issue of how much to. You know, we we rely on OpenStreetMap and we rely on, on lots of these open source projects, and so of course we we want to contribute there and and help and give back. On the other hand, you've got to have as a business something you know something that's unique, right? That mm -hmm. that is defendable and that uh, that is. That, that gives people a reason to become your customer, not just to use the open source stuff themselves or, or to, to, you know, a competitor who also has access to all the same things. So there is a tension there. There is definitely a tension. 
Exactly. Yeah. Um, so I think one thing that I, that I decided early on, um, that I mentioned briefly before is I'm kind of like not following a SaaS business model. Um, so, um, for the audience, like a SaaS business model is, I think probably like the most popular way to to like monetize software nowadays, which is you have a subscription, um, you know, it's, and like a lot of times it's sort of like a three column thing where there's like a, like a starter plan, a medium plan, and like an enterprise plan that are like. $50, $200, $500. And I think the tension specifically for ProtoMaps is um, the fact that I want to make the technology, like that needs to be innovative and it needs to be open source. And the contradiction there is if I have a customer with a SaaS business model, they can be like, hey, I want to use this. Um, You know, I'm on the starter plan. I'm on the medium plan, and then they outgrow that, and they decide they want to self-host it. So then they go from paying me, let's say, two hundred dollars to zero. You know, they've they've outgrown my business, and then instead of my business succeeding, what my customers do, it's the opposite. It's like as the customers have higher needs, then they pay me less money. Um, so I think for me, that is um, kind of why I decided to focus on aspects of the project that are not in SaaS. Um, I think this is also pretty specific to um, the problem I'm solving. Like for example, um, if you're making a collaboration app, SaaS is probably the right model. If you're making a geocoding app um, that requires lots of like um, low latency autocomplete, for example, that SaaS is also probably a really good model. Um, But I think specifically for uh, map tiles, which I'm focused on, um, I'm trying to find an alternative to the most popular business model. Yeah, it, it, I mean, as someone who runs a SaaS business, it, it has pros and cons, right? In that, And really, it depends on the needs of the customers. I mean, there are some customers who have an ongoing need uh, at a certain level, and they, you know, for them, the subscription is the perfect model, right? Uh, and, and obviously, it's very convenient for, for me as a business operator to know, okay, I have this customer and every month he's going to pay me $50 or whatever. And, um, and he gets value out of that. And I get a steady stream of income that I can plan on. And, and that works well, but there are many customers who fall, who don't have that steady ongoing need people who just have kind of a one-time need or a, um, or as, as you said, their, their need is so big that they kind of outgrow, you know, the, the, then it makes sense for them to kind of bring it in house because it's so massive. Um, and so with the SaaS model, you're addressing only kind of this one segment of the market. This is why in in my, my own business, we, we initially started just with the SaaS model. And then eventually we had to introduce kind of one-time purchases because there were so many people who would come to us, you know, and they would say, oh, well, I just, you know, I have this data set I need data coded, but then I'm done. Like, I don't, there's no reason to pay a subscription. And, you know, so so we weren't able to serve those customers. Um, I mean, the negative of the the one time model, of course, is though that you take a lot of risk as a business operator of not knowing like how much money are you going to make next month, right? So, um, I guess I'm also interested. I, your model, of course, can be quite disruptive. To um, uh, you know, having read that Washington Post article where he really lays out, like, look, we used to pay Mapbox a lot of money, and now instead we're going to pay Proto Maps a little bit of money. 
and 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 we're going to pay whatever uh, Amazon or, or Cloudflare or whoever they're using for the hosting a little bit of money. Um, and so potentially this is really quite disruptive for the the Googles and the boxes of this world. How do, how do you see that? I think on that last point about sort of the disruptive aspect, I think I do embrace that. And I like it. So I also want to acknowledge that ProtoMaps is um, right now an objectively kind of like worse uh, solution overall than a very refined, you know, very mature product like let's say Mapbox, let's say Google. Um, but even uh, Google Maps or Mapbox, um, so Amazon is getting into like the map tiles game now. Um, sure. I think Azure Maps also has a solution there. Um, and those are probably just kind of just the same thing, but cheaper, you know, like they're kind of just like competing on price, like who can offer the lowest cost map tile. And I think for me is like, I'm not really interested in competing, like just like offering a, um, a SaaS for cheaper. I think that is not that interesting and not that innovative. Um, and I, what I I'd agree. Rather that's do, a very tough game. Yeah, what I'd rather do is offer a categorically different product from those things, which is something that, you know, has, um, different fundamental licensing and also has different, um, has very different potential in terms of things it can be. Um, and then just to talk a little bit about what you're talking about with the difficulty of like, um, finding SaaS customers, um, I kind of want to talk about three different audiences or three different customers. Um, the first one is sort of like the person just looking for free things. Um, for example, on osm.org, they just want to use the free tiles. And a lot of like the hits to like the OSM tiles are just like people using it for free. And, you know, they, they have no willingness to pay. Um, but maybe like I have an API, you have to sign up for an API key. And then if they just like hammer me with like a free tier or they just like sign up for multiple accounts, like I don't want to be paying their bandwidth. Like that's just like, so I'm happy to support a, like a nonprofit that's using it non-commercially, but like, I don't want like your business to essentially just like, like just um, slurp all this bandwidth from me. So kind of my solution there is if I make this easy to self-host, then those people can just like kind of take a snapshot and just deal with it, like deal with it themselves. They don't have to, you know, be tied to scraping my API or something. Oh, Brandon, <laughs> I got news for you. <laughs> I got news for you, man. The spammers don't care. They, this is a huge problem we have in my business. I mean, there are people who will spend days trying to, you know, they will literally invest days, weeks of their time to avoid paying me $20, you know, or, or you know, yeah, exactly. So. It's just like, it's kind of obvious. Like it's one of those things where it's like the customers that are like really demanding are the ones that they obviously have zero willingness to pay. So I think yeah. like if you just want to like host the map, you know, take a PM tiles file and make a thing and you can use it however much you want. You don't need to, you know, like you don't need to come bother me. <laughs> if you want to be emailing me every day and you want me to look at your private deployment then there are ways to like, you know, like pay me money for that with a support contract. Um, in terms of like the one-time purchase thing, that is also something that I have right now. Um, kind of like a pre-packaged download, like a business package with a um, sort of like introductory support plan. Um, that is exactly what you said. It is um, for someone that, you know, kind of doesn't have an ongoing need. They just want a data product that they can use and deploy 
Um, but it's not like an ongoing thing. And finally, um, where I am focusing a lot of things on now is um, kind of like higher tier um, sort of customers of the project. I don't really like to say sponsors, even though I might kind of use GitHub sponsors for this. Um, but the idea there is that they're often pretty map-centric companies, like they're like a GIS consultancy, and they would like to have some influence over the roadmap of ProtoMaps. Um, so what that means oh, right, is right, right. I understand their needs, and then I can kind of offer um, pretty, you know, like hands-on support, as well as um, being receptive to, you know, where they want to go with the project. Um, and I think um, it's kind of like where I am is figuring out the right balance between like, do you want to have a few big customers or do you want to have like a lot of small customers? Um, one thing I have um, been trying out um, is GitHub sponsors. Um, and I think I've kind of been hung up on the, like on the terming of sponsors because I don't think it's like a donation. I think it's like, I should give you something for sponsorship. Um, so for example, if you want to use uh, the API commercially, then you can have like a pretty affordable, uh, a pretty affordable plan on GitHub sponsors. Um, if you want private support, that is also another tier. Um, so I kind of want to build this into like a business that has the right balance of incentives between the open source parts and the business. That's uh, very cool, very innovative. Uh, and and um, I'm curious to see how it evolves and how, how it goes. I mean. Uh, it's exciting to see something, you know, this is truly a new model uh, and new technology and, and a clever recombination of some of the existing technologies and things. So um, this is this is great. This is uh, definitely a project to keep an eye on, Brennan. So congrats. Um, I guess as, as we wrap up, any final points you want to share with the listeners? or And of course, how, how can they learn more and how can they get in touch with you? Sure. Um, I guess to summarize, I'm trying to think of like, you know, a, a big wrap up. Um, but one way I've um, found myself talking about protomaps and what I wanted to become is this idea that um, if you've ever used like Flash or remember like that old, you know, like uh, it's like Macromedia Flash. Um, it was kind of this... Yeah. Um, this way of building interactive like games and apps like on the web, like maybe 20 years ago. Um, right. I remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was proprietary. Um, you, you kind of had to have like a license to both like make flash apps and also like render flash apps in a web page. Um, but I think my point is that, so we're still sort of like in the flash era of maps on the web. Um, we're still at a point where like the, um, the sort of proliferation of cool mapping projects is limited by the kind of technology that powers um, those experiences. So if we're able to kind of like make open source tools and open source standards to make the sort of backend components for making map content and also rendering map content um, and make those really uh, fun and easy to use and simple, then I think we'll see like a huge diversity of new applications for maps on the web. Well, I hope that's the case. I hope that would be that would be great. I mean, yeah, I mean it's amazing because having 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 spent the last twenty five years working in web development, 
on the one hand, I can look at how much simpler everything has gotten. And then on the other hand, we're still saying like, oh, wait, we just need to make it simple. So, so it's funny that we're still, um, you know, the, the, the goal remains elusive. And maybe that will always be the case, given just the sheer amount of data and the, the sheer number of use cases. But, but it is true that we do need to find ways to make it you know, make it ever easier for people to 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 get creative and and do cool things. And this is this was the ultimate dream of of OpenStreetMap from day one, right? That we, if we make the data easy to use and freely available, then you know, then we can sit back and watch all the cool stuff that people make with it. Which which we have. I mean, there has been an immense amount of cool stuff made. So, but there's still a long way to go. So, um. On that cheery note, Brandon, uh, thanks for coming on the show. And, and I'm looking forward to meeting in person in London in a couple weeks. And uh, I have no doubt that, that um, many people will have questions for you at the, the GMO event. Right. So for people with questions, they can find um, my website. at It's protomaps.com. There is a Twitter account um, that is also protomaps. Um, and I also post personally on Twitter and Mastodon as well. Uh, you can find me. My handle is uh, VDON. So if this sounds interesting, if your company is interested, uh, you can contact me via DM or email. We, we will get all of that in the show notes. And um, as said, we will also have a link to that uh, excellent mapscaping uh, podcast episode where you, where you went much deeper on the kind of technology. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today and listening to the GeoMob podcast. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Please get in touch with us if you have any feedback or suggestions for topics we should cover. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our monthly mailing list where we keep you informed about upcoming events. You can, of course, also follow us on Twitter where our handle is geomob. Thanks for listening and hope to see you at a GeoMob event soon.